many of you guys excited today? Listen, every day is an opportunity to experience something great. To really experience something powerful from God, something life-changing. It's the reason why we've been in this series that we've been in on over the last several weeks called Win the Day. The whole premise behind the series has been about the fact that today is what tomorrow is made of. Hear very closely, my friend. What we do today matters. And it matters most because it determines what tomorrow will look like. It determines the husband you'll be, the man you'll become, the mother you will be, the business owner that you will uh, develop into, the person that makes a difference or just is different from everyone else and just stays away. But it all starts with what we do in today. And thus, we have to learn how to win today, every day. Because it matters to you, but it also matters to God. Let me show you that from Scripture. This is a foundational portion of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15, says, So be very careful. Be very careful what? How you live. Come on, preach with me. Help a brother here. Right? So we have to be very careful how we what? We live, right? Not being like those who, may, who, who have no understanding, but living honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. How many of us know that is so true, right? The, the times are getting harder and harder, and we require wisdom. But it's not just any wisdom. It's wisdom from God. And then it tells us why. It tells us take full advantage of what? Every day. Every single day matters. But notice that we're the ones that are supposed to take advantage of it. We're the ones that are supposed to do something with it. And thus it tells us to take advantage of every day as we spend our lives for His purposes. That should, that should uh, encourage us to really dig deep within and think about what am I doing with today every day? Hey, what are you doing right now? You might think I'm just here sitting in a church. You might think I'm just here doing my religious duty, friends. What you do with today either resources you or depletes you for how you spend your life tomorrow. So there's wisdom to be gleaned today. Thus, how many of us know that while we can win today and today matters and that we should be careful and that we should live with understanding and wisdom, that we should take advantage of every day and that we should spend our lives for God's purposes, how many of us know that even though that is true, the question still remains, how? How, how do I do that? Like, how, how do I start on that process? How do I go from knowing this is true and seeing the value in it and, 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 and reconciling in my heart that, yes, I have to live every day with purpose. I have to win today. Well, let me tell you how. Today I want to talk to you on the topic directly from God's heart as we lean into the scriptures. I want to talk to you on the topic, break the box. Break the box. Have you ever heard the old adage, think, of, think outside the what? Come on, finish that with me. Think outside the box, right? Think outside the box. We've all heard it. There's a lot of truth contained in that simple statement. I'll tell you why. Because our thought life really is much like a box. It really is. A box that can trap us unless we learn how to break free from it, how to think outside the box. Reminds me of a story I heard, I'm sure I've shared it here at some point, of a gorilla who was trapped in a cage. He wasn't necessarily trapped. He lived in a zoo. 
And so day in and day out, this gorilla would take two steps forward and two steps back. And two steps forward and two steps back. And so one day, one of the zookeepers felt really bad for him. They felt really sorry and said, poor, poor gorilla. He just takes two steps forward and two steps back. He has no space. Let's do something about it. So they come up with this idea that when he goes to sleep, they're going to remove the cage. And so that happens. They remove the cage and the gorilla wakes up in the morning and he takes two steps forward and he takes two steps back. And he takes two steps forward and he takes two steps back. And so they feel really sorry. And they go, oh my God, you know, it's because he grew used to a cage. Maybe we need to create a habitat around him. And so he goes to sleep. And during that night, while they, while they put him to sleep, they put all these trees and all these monkeys and all these birds. And they even put in a little man-made stream. And it, it very much resembles a jungle. And the gorilla wakes up and he takes two steps forward and two steps back. And two steps forward and two steps back. Friends, the truth is that there are many today that live that way. We live that way because we are restricted by our thinking. It's conditioned us for life. And the truth is that our thoughts are the catalyst that God uses. Listen closely. Our thoughts are the catalyst that God uses when we begin to operate this way to help us break out. Unfortunately, some of us choose to remain within the box. And we take two steps forward and two steps back. And two steps forward and two steps back. And we're trapped. Let me show you from Scripture what it tells us. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform. Say that with me. Do not conform. Do you know what that term conform means there in the Greek? It simply means to be poured into a mold that pre-exists and to take on its form. So here's what the scripture is actually teaching us. Here's what God is saying to you and I. Don't pour yourself in this life. Don't pour yourself, and specifically, this is talking about our thinking. You'll see that in a second. It says, don't pour yourself into the mold, into the pattern, into the shape, into what this world tells you you're supposed to be. Instead, he says, but be what? Transformed. Anybody interested in some transformation? Come on, we all need transformation, right? Right. But be transformed, watch this, by the renewing of your mind. That's talking about a renovation. It's not talking about a, just a little upgrade. It's talking about a complete tear down and complete build out. Something completely brand new. But watch why this is important because then, 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 you and I will be able to test and approve. The Greek, here's what it's saying. You'll be able to grasp and experience truly what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the abundant life that Pastor Nett was referring to. Friends, here's the reality that God wants you and I to experience all that is good, all that is pleasing, all that is perfect and complete according to his will. That is God's desire for you. Come on and give God some praise, man. Thank God that that's his will for your life. And I strongly believe with all my heart because I look at it in the scriptures and I know that we know this by way of experience. I truly believe that if we can get this point today, whether you're here or you're online, 
if you could grasp the truth and what the scripture is saying to us today, you will experience transformation. You will discover God's will and you will have a complete life. Now, just as a matter of context here, I just want to just point something out to you here that's very important about this, uh, this, this, uh, this idea, this reality of being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Many of us try to renew the wrong thing. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. The scripture says that the old has passed away, the new has become. You ever heard that? Right? We've heard that. Some of us have heard that. Whether you're here or online, you've heard it. But the thing is, it's frustrating because we're looking for this new life in the wrong place. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And we're looking for the new out here. I can assure you, my friend, that if you have the problem that I have where you have no hair, and today you accept Jesus, you will not wake up with hair tomorrow. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Barring a miracle of God, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a mighty, I'm not, I'm not going to put a limit on God, but friend, it doesn't happen in what you, what you see here. It doesn't even happen just in your emotions. See, the scripture says that we are a new creation, and it's talking about the source of life. It's talking about we have a new spirit. We have a new nature. So that's the new you. The problem is we still have an old you too. And the old you, the old me, the old us, is, exists right here in this body with these desires and in this mindset. And so why would the scripture tell us that we, ha we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds? Let me tell you why. Because the mind is the bridge between what's already new about you and what's already old, and it's what creates the pathway for change. So here we are trying to renew our bodies in an attempt to renew our minds so that we can have a new life. You know what that looks like? Well, the Bible says that liars will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, so I'm just going to stop lying. Don't tell a lie. Don't do these bad things. Don't behave this way. Don't think this way. And we focus on behavior. We focus on habits. And what we're attempting to do is renew our lives by renewing our desires, by renewing our bodies, by renewing our cravings, by renewing our circumstances. And the Bible says you've got it all wrong. You're focusing on the wrong thing. If you want transformation, you have to have a renovation of the mind because when the mind and the spirit operate as one, the body has to follow. That's where change happens, friend. And so God's will is for us to experience what he calls good. And it happens by transforming the mind through this renovation process. But we, and this is so important because we can't begin to win at life. We can't even begin to win the day if we don't learn how to win the mind. We have to learn how to renew the mind. John 5 records a time when Jesus shows up in Jerusalem. And it was during a festival uh, time. It was a time of one of their religious festivals. And Jesus shows up. And I, I bring that up because that simply means that there were a lot of people there. There were a lot, a lot of people. And Jesus, uh, John 5 records, is walking through a particular part in, in the inner city of Jerusalem in a place called the Sheep Gate. And the scripture records, as we'll see, that at the Sheep Gate there was a pool. 
And there was an angel of the Lord that would come periodically and stir up the waters and people began to experience miraculous healing. And so guess what that means? That became a magnet for people that had physical maladies. They were hoping and praying that the waters would stir so that they would be healed. And so Jesus shows up there that day and he encounters a man who, as we'll see in the scripture, was paralyzed for 38 years. But we're going to see that he wasn't paralyzed because of his legs. His mind played a big part in it. Turn with me to John chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 2. It says, now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, and which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. And which is surrounded by five colonnades. Verse 3 says that here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. So there's a crowd of people there. And then it says one who was there had been invalid, had been paralyzed for 38 years. How many of you know that's a long time? That's a long time, right? And it says that when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, read this with me. Do you want to get well? Go ahead and turn to three people and ask them, do you want to get well? 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 Get this. This is God in the form of a man asking a question that still rings true today. It's still echoing throughout the world. Do you want to get well? Listen to his response. He says, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. There's no one to help me get there. And while I'm trying to get in, while I'm trying to get somebody to get me in, while I'm dragging myself trying to get into this water, someone else goes down ahead of me. Verse 8 goes on to say, And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. <laughs> now I know what some of you are thinking, man, that's messed up. That is messed up. Why are you messing with this guy like that? That is so foul to say that to this guy, man. How could you say that? So he tells him to get up and walk. And at once, the scripture says in verse 9, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. And the, the, uh, the day on which he took place, this took place was a Sabbath. So let's stop right there. It appears that this man's issue was his paralyzed state. It appears that the source of his malady and his crippled state was that his legs didn't work. That for 38 years he had not used his legs. Now if you know anything about not using muscles, if you don't use them, they become emaciated. Right? They go into apathy. In other words, they lose strength. They lose muscle. They lose uh, uh, um, uh, any, any ability to, to sustain you. So this guy you got to imagine what, whatever his upper body looked like, his lower body was completely shriveled. And Jesus says to him, get up and walk. Jesus asks him a question that might seem disrespectful and even mocking. He says to him, do you want to get well? And his response is, I've been paralyzed for so long. And there's no one that can get me into this pool. I've been trying all this time. And the reason why we know that his issue wasn't his paralyzed legs is because Jesus proposed something that he had never thought of. Listen, track with me here and where I'm going with this. Jesus challenges his thinking 
and proposes another way to hear me. What does this tell us? When this man responds, I want to get well, but I have no one to pick me up. There's no one to help me get in the pool. I've tried to drag myself. What that tells us is that his mindset and his belief system was fixed on one way to healing. One way. Now, I'll, I'll tell on myself, Pastor Jose, just in this idea of a fixed mindset, Pastor Jose is very much a fixed mindset kind of person. Let me tell you how fixed in mindset I am. Anytime I'm going to put together something that requires instructions, I don't use instructions. <laughs> Guaranteed. My family can tell you I'm not using instructions. And you know what happens every time? I get it together, but I always have extra screws. <laughs> and you know eventually what happens? <laughs> it doesn't work. It falls apart. What's my point with that, friends? This man had a faulty belief system. A belief, a mindset that told him there's only one way for you to obtain your healing. If someone will carry you into that pool. He had a fixed mindset, and this fixed mindset trapped him. How do we know that? Because he's talking to God in the form of the flesh. And he's giving God an excuse by saying, I can't get healed. Because there's no one to help me. Friends, you know what that teaches us? I want to stir our, our hearts and minds here. It teaches us that a fixed mindset rarely helps fix anything. A fixed mindset rarely helps fix anything. Now, there are times where a fixed mindset is necessary for focus, for determination to accomplish something. But oftentimes, the reality is that we fall into our own boxes. And we live in a fixed mindset to the extent that it traps us. It traps us. So I want to take the next couple of moments that we have to look into the scriptures. And I want to propose some things for reflection and application. Friends, you can be free from this day forward. You can begin the process of transformation from this day forward. From this holy divine moment while we consider God's word, you can have true and everlasting change. You can be a better husband. You can be a better wife. You can be a better business owner. You can change communities. If we would start from this point forward by listening to the scriptures and proposing and determining in our hearts, fixing in our mindset, I have to do what the Bible tells me to do from this day forward. So the first point I want to give you for reflection and application is that breaking out of your box entails learning and unlearning things. Let me say that again. Breaking out of your box entails learning and unlearning things. I want you to think of it this way. I read in a book by a guy named Mark Batterson. He wrote a book called In a Pit with a Lion. It was a gift from a, a dear... Uh, friend, a new person that you know, I really care for, they gave me this book about a year and a half ago, and I, I was reading it, and I remembered that I had read this, so I had to go back to the book and look for it. Mark Batterson states this in his book. He says that half of learning is learning. Half of learning is learning. He says the other half of learning is unlearning things. It's unlearning things. Think of it this way. You can't break out of your box of old mindsets 
simply by putting in new information. You know why? Because you're still keeping the old information. See, truth doesn't just challenge what we think is true. Truth changes the lie to truth. It removes the lie and replaces it with the truth. You know why some of us struggle when it comes to understanding and accepting God and accepting the truth in his word? It's because we have fixed mindsets, old mindsets. We'll listen to new information, but we won't replace it with true information. Think about this. This man's condition was a result of his conditioning. He was conditioned in his mindset. He believed with all his heart, there's no way for me to get healed lest someone picks me up and gets me there. I wonder, how many of us can relate to that? How many of us are there where we're waiting for someone to do something and God's saying, get up and walk? See, this man had grown conditioned, not just to his physical situation, he had been conditioned, he became conditioned in his mindset. Thus, Jesus not only had to bring physical healing, more importantly, Jesus had to first bring mental healing. Jesus had to challenge his thinking. Now, I know if I was there and I was, if my leg is broke, right, or my legs are paralyzed and somebody says to me, why don't you just get up and walk? How messed up would that feel? You'd be like, how insensitive? How culturally insensitive are you? Right? Cancel culture. Let me just give you that piece of advice. But anyway, my point, let's get back to this. My point is, that Jesus tells this guy something he had never thought of, which tells us Jesus was proposing to him, you have to unlearn what you think is the only way that God can work in your life. And for this reason, he had to unlearn that healing was possible in only one way. So he could learn that healing was possible if he believed in Jesus and he actually tried it. He actually tried it. See, the only way to do this for us is to challenge old mindsets, not just with the truth in God's word, but to go to the extent that we allow the truth, that we accept the truth, and we remove the lies in our box. We have to break those lies with truth. Friend, if you're just reading the Bible and listening to some good Christian messages and just gathering together with some Christians and just taking in new information, but you, you, you're not replacing the old information, you're not doing away with the old information, let me tell you what you have is mixture. And mixture doesn't work because you're not getting the pure spiritual milk of the scriptures. You're not getting the uncompromised word of God. One, and let me tell you how you know when the scripture is giving you truth. When the word of God challenges what you've always known or you've always thought was the right way. When it challenges, it ruffles your feathers. Ooh, I don't, I don't, 
like that. No, that's, that's not comfortable. Friend, I propose to you that it's in that very place that God is beginning to challenge you in your old mindsets. The scripture says that his word is like a two-edged sword that pierces, that pierces. You take a sword and you pierce yourself and see if it's comfortable. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and it says that it, it discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. And so you see, this is where scripture is important. This is where it proves pivotal in terms of learning new information and unlearning old information. See, the scripture is not just for the sake of reading. Friend, it's for transformation. 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse 16, says this, all scripture. How much scripture? All scripture. All scripture is God breathed. Let me translate that for you into layman's terms. All scripture is inspired by God. It is given to us by inspiration of God. And it says, all scripture is breathed out by God. Watch this. And it is prof profitable to teach us, to reprove us. That word reprove there is talking about bolstering us, strengthening us in areas where we lack. So it reproves us. It corrects us. In the King James, it talks about convicting us. And we think that truth convicts us where it declares us guilty. No, conviction simply means convincing you what the truth is. And so it convinces us. And what else does it do? It trains us in righteousness. And watch what happens when we begin to partake of the word of God in this way. Verse 17 says that the man of God, that doesn't mean, that's not gender specific, that's mankind, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God wants you ready and complete in life. But friends, here's how that happens. When we partake of the scriptures in such a way that we accept when it teaches us, when it reproves us, when it corrects us, and when it calls us into training. Friend, you want transformation? Welcome to the truth. Welcome to the way. Friends, you have to learn what the truth is, and you also have to unlearn what the lies are. Isn't that good? The second point that I want to give you here for reflection and application is that breaking out of your box entails wanting to get well. Breaking out of your box entails wanting to get well. Listen, friend, you can hope and pray for change. You can hope and pray for transformation. You can hope and pray for a new beginning. But if you do not desire above all to get well, you never will. We won't. We will not. See, the path to wellness, according to what we're seeing in Scripture, entails a journey through the mind. The path to wellness, to completeness, to wholeness, to transformation, entails a journey through the mind. And we have to journey through this mind. We have to traverse through this mind, we have to consider and reflect and look deeply and Check ourselves and say, is this thought true? Mm. 
And does this thought lead me to that complete life that the scripture promises me? See, all life flows from our beliefs, right? But you know how those beliefs first got there? We filtered them through this mind. And so all transformation flows from our beliefs and our mindset. Let me show you how powerful this point is and, and what the scriptures actually teach us about uh, our box and wanting to get well. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 says this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy what? Good health. Good health. That's God's will. Right? And that all, how much? All may go well with you. So God wants you to enjoy health and that all things would go well with you. That's God's will. That is God's plan. The scripture tells us that he gives us a hope, that he gives us a future, that he has plans for our life and that his plans are not to harm us. Right? So God has good plans for you. He wants you well. He wants you whole. He wants you walking in healing. But watch this. Even as your soul is getting along well. That word soul there alludes to our mind, our will, and our emotions. So get this. You're not doing emotionally well? Don't expect to be physically well. You're not processing well in your mind? Don't expect to be well in your physical circumstances. You're not doing well in your will? It's not lining up with God's word? Friend, you will not be well in this physical life. My point with that is this, that we cannot grow well in life if we do not first grow well in the soul. Instead of seeking wellness in your body and looking well and appearing well and having what everybody else says makes you well, instead of chasing these temporary things, why not go on a journey and truly pursue wellness in the soul. Why not allow the truth of God's word to heal your soul? To give you a new perspective on life. To teach you a better way. To show you what wellness actually is. Because friends, when we do this, we grow well in life. Reminds me of a story I once heard of. A, there was some sort of competition. There was a prize and the, the competition was that they wanted a painting that depicted peace. And so all these artists come in and they paint all these elaborate, these beautiful, see, this beautiful, these beautiful paintings. And some of them depicted, you know, a, a, a butterfly in a hand and a bird flying and the sun out and, you know, grass and, you know, calm waters and all these beautiful landscapes. And then there was one painting that depicted utter chaos. As, the, as people passed by, they kept asking themselves, how, is, how does this depict peace? You see, it was a storm that it depicted, and they, you could see the swirls of the wind and the waves crashing, and you could see all the chaos. You can, you, can, you can actually feel like, wow, this is like really chaotic. And then one of the judges, as they were evaluating this painting, realizes they notice a little, a little nest in the painting, high on a cliff. And there's a bird nestled in the nest while the wind is blowing. This bird is in safety. Friends, let me tell you why I share that story with you. 
Because God word, God's word reveals a different story. God's word reveals a story that is much different than what we think wellness is. It challenges our belief system and our mindsets. See, God's will is to help us grow well in the soul. And God's word reveals a different story. It doesn't deny the storm. It does not deny the storms of life. But here's what it does. It, it reveals how God is protecting us, how God is providing for us, how God is supplying for us, and how God is present and holding us in the very palm of his hands is what the scripture says. So no matter the storm and the chaos of life, no matter what's swirling around you, wellness has nothing to do with the chaos around you. Wellness has everything to do with you staying in a place of peace with God according to his truth, knowing that he has you, he'll never leave you, he's always holding you, and he's leading you to higher ground. He's leading you to a place of safety and wellness. This is where this man was lacking. He wanted healing, but he wasn't well. He wasn't well in his mindset. Which leads me to my final point. It's that breaking out of your box entails getting up and going. We're going to break the box. If we're going to experience transformation, if we're going to truly undergo this process of a renewed mind, and friend, you got to start doing something. You got to get up and go. The conditioning of this man's mind had convinced him that he could not get well unless someone helped him into the pool. We've established that already. In other words, he was waiting for someone to pick him up. He was depending on someone doing something for him. You know, we do that in life in various ways. Can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, just tell me what to do. It's not my job. It would be a disservice to you if I command, commandeered your life. No, my job is to teach you the truth and to point you to Jesus. But you have to get up and go. We all have to work out our own salvation, the scripture says. Right? And so what we see is that this man was waiting for someone to pick him up so that he could get well. He was waiting on a miracle, but he never considered that the miracle required motion on his part. And friends, that is true about your relationship with Jesus. Let me show you what the scripture says. 1 Peter 2.24 says this. It says, he himself bore our sins. What does that mean? He took sin upon himself. And thus when he was crucified, sin was crucified is what the scripture teaches us. He paid the price. So he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins because they were crucified in him and we might live for righteousness. But watch this. And by his wounds, you have been what? Healed. Healed. 
And this isn't just talking about physical healing, friend. This is about healing in the mind, the will, and emotions. This is about healing in your spirit, who you once were. God has healed you there. And this is also about healing in your body. What I want you to see is this, that if we read what the scriptures say here, and there's many other areas in the scriptures that we can look at that allude to this very reality, what we see is that Jesus has done his job. Jesus did his part. He dealt with the root issue of sin and he healed us. The scripture doesn't say you will be healed. The scripture says he has healed us. So healing is resident. His power is already available. Transformation is possible. So friend, let me ask you a question. What if your breakthrough, like this man, is waiting on you? What if you've been waiting on God, saying, God, change me. God, transform me. God, renew my life. And he's saying, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Oftentimes when we don't get up and walk is because we're afraid of falling. We're afraid of mistakes. We're afraid of not knowing all the details. Not knowing what the rest of the story looks like. Friend, let me tell you what the rest of the story looks like. Get up, walk, and take a step. And as you take a step, you get one, get one step closer to seeing more clearly. It's kind of like a journey, man. You might be all the way out here, and you may not see the end result out there. But I guarantee if you just take some steps and take some more steps... The closer you get, the clearer it becomes. Friend, if you could just continue to walk with Jesus and take steps, if you would get up and walk, if you would dare to try what you've never tried, to go where you've never gone, to, to see something that you never thought you could conceive in your own mind, if you would just start instead of stay at stop, you would discover what God can do. Listen closely. What if your breakthrough requires you breaking up with that person <laughs> who stops you from becoming who you've been called to? What if your breakthrough means that you got to break away from the circle that you've kept, that everybody's saying the same thing, talking the same thing, thinking the same way? Think about this. This guy is in, at the sheep gate in this pool, and Johnny's there, and Johnny's talking about how much his legs hurt. And Lisa's talking about the doctor said I'll never walk again. And Melvin is talking about how, you know what, maybe, maybe, just maybe I'll get my opportunity today and somebody will take pity on me and pick me up. Now, you know what's crazy? Jesus is in a crowd and he tells this man, get up and walk. You know what I would have done if I was in that crowd and I was in, I was in hearing distance of that? Yes, sir. Well, let me try too. <laughs> Listen closely. This man gets up and walks, and the scripture does not record that anybody else tried. Now, you may not be paralyzed in your legs. 
But some of us know what it is to be paralyzed in life. And your story has turned out differently because you have taken steps. You haven't arrived, but friend, you're better than when, than, than when you were yesterday. My point with that is this, you tried, and you're standing, and you're walking. You may bump your head at times, you may scrape your knees, you may fall, you, but you get back up. Friends, what if you tried from this day forward to do what the Word of God reveals? What if you tried truth and discovered what's really true about you? As we stand here and we come to a close today, I'm telling you right now, there's an, there's an old parable that says the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, with one step. And right here, right now in this moment, here's what we have. We have an opportunity to try. We have an opportunity to go somewhere. We have an opportunity, an opportunity to do something we've never done before. Friends, we have an opportunity to do that very thing that God has been telling you you must do. That thing you gave up on, that thing that you, you doubt yourself in, right there, right now, in this moment, we must make the decision to get up and walk. Never mind Mary, never mind Lisa, never mind this person's condition, never mind that person's condition. You know where we go wrong sometimes? We go through things and then we go seeking people that are going through it. Like they can help us. Can I tell you why they can't help you? Because they haven't even gotten past it. And for some of us, we go to people because they've gone through it. But the problem is they're still going through it because they live with the trauma of it. And somehow we think that they have something to add to us. No, you need to get up and walk with Jesus. You need to get up and walk according to this truth. We need to get up and go. Because when we get up and go, friends, here's what we find. We discover strength we did not know. And you can get going on this journey of life. It's time to win the day, today and every day, as we walk with Jesus and we break out of the box. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.